Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Hey, And welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic, Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your other host, Sean. And joining us once again today, our special guest from Mad Max Minute, it's Julian Rick. Welcome. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. <laughs> Hi, dog. <laughs> Welcome to the show, you two. All right. You here today are, are here to talk about Minute 63. Sean, give me that summary. All right. In Minute 63, Buster is excited because they have Phil boxed in. But Connors comes back around the limestone hill to see Larry and Rita and tells Punxsutawney Phil they mustn't keep their audience waiting. And we end on a literal cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) I was very excited. I was doing some last minute preparation. uh, Well, actually last night watching these minute and just very joyous to see this, the, the ending, just to jump ahead to the very end of the minute, literally... Phil launching off the edge of a cliff. <laughs> we'll have to come back tomorrow to see what happens. But uh, yeah, so back to the beginning. Back to uh, minute sixty-three starts with Buster j- leaping out of the car. He's got the he's got the hat on as Groundhog Punxsutawney decorum requires of him. And hot dog, there's no way except the way we came in. And yeah, that the uh, the local police is on it, is thinking ahead. He swung his car around, so it's blocking the road. There's no way out. Surely, this must end well for oh. all parties involved. <laughs> they think that Phil's trapped in there with them, but no, it's the other way around. <laughs> They're trapped in there with Phil. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's too... Yeah, he's, he's, his hot dog is too... It's too early, because we got to make sure that, yeah, Pugs of 20 Phil is safe and sound you know uh back back in his uh in his uh his his traveler case yeah it seems like the initial assumption at least on buster's part is he's cornered and so he's just going to give up this guy and and i guess at this point buster doesn't know phil connor he just knows some crazy guy has has run off with his hedgehog and so yeah he figures all right cooler heads will prevail we'll defuse the situation and he'll hand over the rodent. And then slowly the mood of the minute changes as it becomes more and more apparent that's not the way things are going to play out. And we see the um, that smart driving police officer pulls out his gun. And that is, uh, you know, that is certainly stepping up the tension when we're getting firearms involved here. Well, of yeah. course, there's firearms getting involved. What do you think this is, Canada? <laughs> well, no. they're all white, so. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 do we? Uh, I want to know who. What do we call the kid that drove up Buster? What's what are we naming him, Sean? Does he have a name? He doesn't have a line or anything, but he looks nervous. He's like, oh, jeez, yeah, oh, I don't want to get caught in a standoff, Mister B- Mister Buster. <laughs> is 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 he Cody? I'm just trying to think of what what it, what kind of name he is. And actually, I was just looking. I was trying to pinpoint him in the in the credits in IMDb. I I this seems to be an uncredited role that's not even mentioned. There is um, and I my assume, first thought. 
Sorry, sorry, no. Well, just because I thought this might be Buster's son, but that's, you know, that we see later in, I think it was minute 84, there's going to be the scene where where Phil saves Buster from his meal and we see Buster with his family, but it's definitely a different, there's someone else there that's at the table eating dinner with them. So this is not Buster's son. I don't know who this is. This is just, yeah. All right. Let's just assume I said like, it's a, it's a town folk. This guy this young guy. Um, wants to try and get in on the, 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 the council and stuff. And, but the fact that he like maybe drove, like maybe he's actually a stunt driver. So maybe and if we look through the credits of stunt drivers, he's there. And so just because he drove the car in, maybe he, that was a stunt driver driving Buster in, you know, at least Ooh. in crediting, crediting. He was, you know, it's, it's a stunt driver. They said, Hey, you're going to, in this one scene, you could talk with, um, uh, Brian Doyle. And then you're going to drive in a chase scene and then we'll have you come out and stand with him and the police and and Chris Elliott uh, when we when we have the standoff. I like that. That would explain why he wasn't listed with the actors. If this is just a stunt driver that they pulled in and said, you're uh, going to be a cat. Yeah. You know, because we need. Yeah. So like, you know, Brian Doyle Murray doesn't want to do the driving. We don't want Brian Doyle Murray going off the road. And I said, the cop's probably a stunt driver, too. They just they just a stunt driver up as a cop and said, "All right, come on, you're gonna you're gonna fishtail it, you're gonna do the blockade, and you're gonna run up as well." That's what I'm thinking. They don't really have since they don't have any lines. Um, it's just we got you know we got two stunt drivers and they got a little bonus pay to be on screen. I like it. I like it. I bet you. I bet you. If we went through stunt drivers, we could probably find these guys. But um, uh, all right. So we have this lineup. I'm not saying it's like western style, but we got this lineup of. <laughs> Of, of characters looking to see where Phil's coming and I mean it was just, we keep saying that Larry's excited and stuff and because you know what it is none of this is going to come back on him that's the thing though Larry is going to get if anything he's going to get like a, either from a pat on the back of another co-worker that doesn't like Phil to like accommodation of like hey you know what we're going to spin this Larry thank you for the footage you know, we're not make sure it looks doesn't look good. You know, it doesn't look bad on Pittsburgh, but thank you for bringing <laughs> us to our attention. You know, we could do a legal litigation, have you know, Phil fired. Like that's what is going through his mind right now. But for Rita, this is nothing but bad. You know, her first on <laughs> her first, you know, her second day on the job. Really, she's on her first scout. You know, we, we call it outing, whatever it is, mm-hmm. on location shooting. Uh, their 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 weatherman of several years. Commit suicide by driving off a cliff <laughs> and animal abuse and grand, grand theft auto. Just like it's like you know, it comes back on her and just like, what did you, what did you do? She's like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. He literally didn't. He wanted to be left alone, and I left him alone in the bed and breakfast. He came. He spouted some weird, <laughs> some uh, some weird mantra about trying to stop the day and fill the groundhog, and that's it. <laughs> So you, you think this comes back on Rita? She has, you know, as the producer, there is a, a there is a, there's this little air of responsibility, making sure things go well. And, you know, I'm not saying that you know, all is going to come back on her, but like I said, there's nothing bad that's going to happen to Larry. Larry is the oh, guy yeah. who drove up. Yeah. He's got the camera. He has the footage. So if they have, you know, in his mind, if they're, if they're going to, when they're going to fire Phil for this arrest, they have the footage that's going to be used in court. So he's cleared. He's going to be good. But for her, there's going to be this weird thing of like, you know, we don't know you. Did you say something to Phil? Like, Phil's been <laughs> aggravated, but he's never been, you know, violent and 
and threatened animals before. So that's I'm saying like she's going to be questioned in the hypothetical lawsuit that I'm imagining for Channel Nine, whereas uh, Larry will be fine. I have honestly never considered the ramifications of Phil's actions on Rita's career because you're absolutely <laughs> right. The producer is responsible. She is the one that is supposed to make sure everything is in its place and everyone is doing what they're supposed to do. And it's not her fault that Phil has done this because he's acting of his own accord, but that's not going to matter to everybody back at the station. Yeah. They need to make sure that they're good and it doesn't look like they, you know, the studio is responsible for driving someone mad and rather than shooting up the office, he decided to, you know, joyride in town with an animal. Hmm. I agree. She's totally fired. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, a, 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 yeah. you know, a, a woman producer is her first, her first like gig out. Like, I don't really know if they're going to be that excited about keeping her on. It's like a, it's like a little sad moment there to be like, yeah, anything that Phil ever does in these hypothetical timelines, like for, when she goes to bed at the end of Groundhog Day, she's like, I don't know what's going to happen in my career that Phil did this. Well, because yeah, because. Thinking back to last week, they don't even have a good take of the festival because Phil was doing his blah, 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 blah. This winter's never going to end. So it's like, great. He's got it on tape that that this man's going crazy. So, yeah, Larry's like in the clear. He's like, hey, I got you the footage. But yeah, for Rita. So it's like, okay, you you lost our weatherman (laughs) and we're probably going to get sued because he took... You know, the the lifeblood of this town is the tourism from Punxsutawney Phil. So Phil's gone. Big Phil is gone. And the, the, um, the station's going to get sued because he took little Phil with him. And you don't even have the shot from Gobbler's Knob to cover Groundhog Day. This is just a disastrous trip. And yeah, yeah, Rita's, you know, she's she's going to have trouble finding work after this. I love that we're talking about this because it brings to light the idea that or an idea that we're going to see shown during next week's minutes. And it's something that Julia always brings up. The fact that when Phil kicks the bucket in a situation, that day keeps going. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Hypothetically, that timeline keeps going. I am still on the hype, just on the thought process that these are billions of different timelines that he creates every day only he is reset the rest of the timelines go mm. yeah what, so like the... what i don't know <laughs> but I'm just, like i don't know if there is a film that timeline after groundhog day but i'm just saying that like i there could be these timelines of all these things he's done julia what were you gonna say i really like that idea it, it puts a visual to the concept of all the timeline theory where every choice that you make creates a new timeline so there are an infinite amount of timelines out there based on each individual choice that we make. It's kind of a visualization that, you know, if you choose to talk to the innkeeper in the morning or not, or if you choose to be a jerk to the guy you meet in the hallway or not, or if you do your job good or not, or if you steal the groundhog or not, if you die by toaster or not. And then you could have everything collapse in on itself like that one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation 
where you've got all the different possibilities all popping into one reality. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so you've got the, the many worlds interpretation mm-hmm. of Groundhog Day. So then this is, if you've got that, or, you know, ordinarily we are sprouting new universes by making decisions each time we hit a crossroads and we go one way or not the other. There's, there's a, a parallel universe where we go the other way and not the one. But because Phil is reliving the same day over and over again, he's making other choices. Like new choices are popping up that wouldn't have existed. Mm -hmm. So the number of parallel universes is exploding. Is is I would think be going up exponentially because all he's got all these new decisions that he wouldn't have had otherwise. I just had a realization. There is a scene in Avengers Infinity War, where Professor Strange, nope, not that's not his name, where Doctor Strange is sitting there meditating, and he is going through millions and millions of different iterations of their fight with Thanos, and he's trying to find the one scenario where they succeed. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Strange is essentially doing a Groundhog Day yeah, in that little meditation thing. So we could, in theory have a Marvel movie, which is just Doctor Strange in Groundhog Day. Yeah. 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 What, what stinks <laughs> is we have to wait another year to know if the timeline that has happened in this movie is going to be the one where they can, you know, they can really do it. Right. Oh, is this boy. the timeline where Doctor Strange saves the kid from the tree and helps Buster at the restaurant and plays the piano at the party? Or is this the timeline where... He dresses up like a cowboy and takes someone to go see Heidi too for the hundredth time. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't thought of it in that light, but sure. Makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we see, so Larry jumps out of the van. He's got the camera. I'm just looking about 25, 23 seconds in. Larry's got the camera. Rita's concerned. The gun comes out, and of course, Buster has those priorities. If you got to shoot, aim high. I don't want to hit the groundhog. Yeah, what? A, what? A, that's a that's like a, a stakes raiser right there. You know, it's a, you know, is this the first time we've seen a gun in this movie? Um. Well, we we did get briefly when the the first car chase we have when Phil is driving around with Gus and Ralph. That's true. And they yeah. finally stop. I think doesn't one of the one of the policemen pulls his gun out as they're approaching the vehicle at the end of that chase. That's true. You're right. No, yeah. So yeah, he had, he's had, had guns from the cops pointed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And so, and, and this weapon that the officer here is, is pulling out is a Smith and Wesson model 10. This is one of the most popular police firearms in history. And it's also very popular in the movies. This, this particular, well, not this exact gun, but this model has been in many, many movies, including, uh, just a little tie-in, uh, Andy McDowell, who's playing Reedy, Rita here, uh, handles a Smith & Wesson herself in Hudson Hawk. Um, so she she would be familiar with this particular firearm. But this is, a, this is a 38 Special. It's a six-shot revolver, shoots a 38 caliber. It's, it's going to do damage. It's going to take out, um, you know, little Phil. Uh, an animal of that size, there's not going to be much left mm. of Phil. I mean, if you 
if you are hunting groundhog, if you want enough left to eat, you probably want a 22. Yeah. Um, the 38 is just going to make a mess. And it's, it's where do you shoot? Do you, in this hypothetical standoff, like, are you shooting the driver who could crash this? And, you know, you're trying to save a groundhog. So, you know, if you shoot and driver's shot and the, and then crashes into one of the things or goes off the cliff accidentally too, you've lost, you've lost your prized groundhog. So it's like a real, you know, try to shoot the tires out. You know, what do you do with this? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know if you can. I know a lot of times in movies we see like a, the radiator gets shot. I don't know if you can stop a car with a bullet um, in terms of stopping the engine where it won't go. You can shoot well, the. Oh. You can critically damage several aspects of a engine with mm-hmm. a single bullet. It just matters how big is the bullet and how accurate is the shot. Yeah. 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 But I think taking, you know, like you said, shoot the tires out. Well, he can still yeah. drive it off at the edge of a cliff. True. I mean, it's going to make it a rougher drive, but I don't think Phil cares about having a smooth ride at this point. Mm. What if you shot out like the fuel line, which would be an amazing shot, <laughs> <laughs> but with no gas, he would, just have to coast and would he be able to coast to the edge of the cliff i mean that that would do it if you could shoot out the fuel line i just yeah, yeah i don't know with a how pistol. realistic that is with a pistol yeah, round. One in a with a, yeah yeah pistol yeah. round i don't know if the six shots of a pistol round are going to do enough damage to the engine to stop it before it gets off the cliff if it was, in a, if it was like a larger rifle you know uh probably but yeah, pistol round may just kind of bounce off um, part of the block or something. Yeah, I do know. Well, I know two things, and I'll use the, I'll put them together to deduce a third. One thing I know is anything you've seen involving firearms in movies or television is wrong. If you, <laughs> for the listeners out there, if you own a firearm, if you ever handle a firearm, if you're ever in the position to shoot a firearm, forget everything you've seen in the movies because they're completely unrealistic. Nothing you've seen um, is reliable. And if you've if you've watched MythBusters, I'm I'm I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty confident to just say across the board, every single movie firearm myth they've tested has been busted. Um, and then I'll put together the other thing I've seen in the movies is when the driver of a vehicle gets shot, that the dead weight of their foot on the gas pedal causes them to accelerate and they just drive out of control. And so putting those two together, what I've seen in movies and knowing that everything in movies involving firearms is false would lead me to believe that the reality is if you shoot the driver of a car, that the tension of the accelerator outweighs the weight of a dead foot and the vehicle just, well, I guess it wouldn't stop, but it would idle Mm -hmm. that the acceleration would stop. So yeah. So presumably if, if the officer is able to get a shot off and take out big Phil, that the vehicle would slow down to an idle, they'd be able to jump in and rescue little Phil. But do they know they're in a movie? See, that's yeah. what you forgot. That's the <laughs> one thing you forgot, Sean. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do they know they're in a movie? They probably don't. Mm. They probably don't know they're in the movie. The only one who might is Larry because he's a cameraman. <laughs> so he might know he's in a movie because he's not, he's not worried about Phil or the other Phil. He's just worried about getting the shot. 
Yeah. <laughs> you think as a cameraman, he's the only one that can see the other cameramen? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. The cameraman ghosts, uh, but he knows they're there. It's like the Frighteners. You just blew my mind. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> second 40. Second 40 is 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 Punxsutawney Phil trying to reason with Connors <laughs> that Mrs. Lancaster is doing this. She's behind yeah. it. You got... You have to please help me. I'm trapped, but he can't. But since he's a you know, he's been cursed as a groundhog, he can't talk English language. Just like, help me, Phil Connors. I have been trapped in this form for millennia. <laughs> yeah, trapped by the evil <gasps> witch, Mrs. Lancaster. Oh, that would make so much sense because the Groundhog Day festivities have been going on for over 125 years. Groundhogs, typical groundhogs, only live about six years. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is the same groundhog that was, you know, 125 years ago, cursed by Mrs. Lancaster. Yeah. And he's, just, he's like, that's why he was so excited to get on the stereo, because he's never seen the outside of town. <laughs> he's like, oh my God, freedom? Oh, we're doing it. We're doing it. And he's just like, wait, what do we, wait. And he, like, he looks up and says, you look like a, you look like a madman. No, <laughs> no, he must help me. <laughs> no, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i yeah i like it i think yeah phil here is pleading he's like listen i'm not your enemy yeah <laughs> it's all mrs lancaster and that bartender they did it yeah we did it. we're out of town we're safe we finally escaped yeah he doesn't know about the blizzard he just <laughs> he's never yeah he's never left the gobbler's knob he's like yeah he's, he's like he's so excited but he's like no we can't ruin this no <laughs> you can't let them you can't let her get me you yeah. can't let her get me. Well, so then that that leads to a question I have is so then when we go back to Phil Connor when he's getting ready to make his final run, he says it's showtime, Phil. Is he talking? Is he talking to himself or is he talking to the groundhog? I I guess we assume he's he's telling him he's like, hey, we gotta put our best faces forward because we're about to only do this once because I think that's what it is. He's he's uh. He's thinking that, you know, there's no coming back, but maybe there's a chance we'll escape. That's how I see it as. But, yeah, it's, it could be him sucking himself up. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I kind of feel like he's talking to the groundhog because, well, Phil would know, uh, well, would be comfortable in front of the camera. Yeah. I don't know and if he's... all the times that we have seen him step in front of the camera day after day after day, he's never psyched himself up before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Excellent point. He just goes, yeah, looks himself at the camera, ch- checks his hair, then goes, Larry on me. Yeah. So this kind of, yeah, this little, I don't know, not not pep talk, but this line, yeah, it's showtime, Phil, is, uh, yeah, is, is something it, he would say to the groundhog. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So at, 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 at second, uh, I'm going to say second 47, 40, no, second 46. Uh, Pugs at Tony Phil, he jumps down. Is You're he right, trying yeah. to fight his foot on the pedal? Like, no! <laughs> no! He's trying to, like, rip his foot off the accelerator because he's like, You're a madman! No! Yeah, no, I, yeah, I was kind of wondering about that, but that's a, yeah, good thing because, again, this is like Phil, he's finally escaped Punxsutawney, the, the groundhog Phil, I mean. So, yeah, he's, yeah, he's making a dive for Phil's feet, trying to, like, no, yeah, let's stop. We've escaped. We can relax now. And instead, he's found himself at the 
at the tail end of Thelma and Louise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a like out of the frying pan into the fire situation for this groundhog where he's like he thinks yeah, this this may have started out of oh my savior, you're rescuing me from the creepy (laughs) groundhog official, but now it's he's like, yeah, it's even worse. Now he's probably thinking, I wish I was back back in town now. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Punks and Tawny Phil knew all the, knew of the loops, but just mm-hmm. because he could never get to Phil Connors, he can't tell him what's going on. He's being you know, he's being handled by the guys in the thing. He's put back in the in the cobbler's knives in the cage, he's in the truck, so he's never able to, to get away. They oh, they keep their hands on him the whole time. So you know, to him, it's almost like uh, like what HBO's been doing with Westworld. It's like <laughs> you know, he's just he's punished yeah. to to see all these days repeat as well. And so, yeah, he was more than excited to see Connors bust him out. But no, not like this. Well, yeah. And so and Buster has portrayed himself as someone who can understand Groundhog ease. When he, you know, he relays the message regarding the weather report from Little Phil. But yet he does he, you know, does he really not understand Groundhog ease or does he just ignore all the pleas from oh, Phil, all God. the just all the pleading. Oh. Please let me go. Please take me out of this loop. Put me out of my misery. Mm. And Buster <laughs> just does he just ignore it? Oh my God, that's <laughs> like is he is he in on it with with Mrs. Lancaster or yeah is he just a doofus who is a charlatan? I lean towards doofus. If the groundhog was in on it with Mrs. Lancaster, then all of this squeaking and stuff wouldn't be. Hey, let me go. It'd be like, foolish mortal. You think you can escape with this gesture, but you are trapped. <laughs> be a little bit darker. Oh, man. I Yeah, it's just, oh, man, we're touching on some serious subjects here. I'm also curious, It does does Punxsutawney, I mean, like, is, does Mrs. Lancaster, then she curses Buster later in the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. She, she makes sure that night, that bone, you know, that bone's right in the meat that's going to, perfectly lodged in his throat yeah that might be his punishment for letting letting phil escape with phil his punishment will be you will choke because we never see we yes, at this point in the movie we have not seen him choke that could be a magical secret change you know that, that's happened now because of these loops she punishes him con- a day you know, every day now she makes sure he never, you'll never live to see February 3rd, you know? Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of one of the things to contemplate with this this movie. We certainly see the way the day changes for some people that are interacting directly with Phil. But things like, yeah, like Buster choking, because this is their first interaction between Buster and Phil Connor. Yeah. Um, and then on that day, on the the day where we do see Buster choking in the restaurant, they wouldn't have interacted that day. This thing doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so is is Buster's day still affected? Does that mean, you know, does that mean is Buster choking every day that we don't see him not choking, I guess? I think that's the implication. That he is choking or he now he'll be choking. That he is choking every day that Phil does not stop him from choking. Yeah, because 
I mean, Sean, I don't want to get to the minute and summarize it yet, but like, I mean, that could be the, I think that's the same German restaurant. I'm not certain, but I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. So like, I mean, that could be every time he's on a date with Rita, he's looked over and seen him choke, but just apathetic to it because he (laughs) just didn't save him. Because yeah, he's, he's, he's doing all these, these cons, these gaslightings of Rita. That he, he's like, you know, oh, yeah, well, yeah. Or he makes sure he gets her a table that's far away so she's not like, oh, that man's choking, you know. He keeps her away from it so he can have the control over her during the dinner. <laughs> so he just, he sees Buster choking and then he just leans over to Rita and he, like, he, he knows, like, the French words for Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> but, like, yeah. but, but doesn't but, actually do it, just yeah. says, you know, Heimlich maneuver in French is. Yeah, like, yeah, in, in his mind, it's that. You know, this guy choker not is not. It better not ruin my date, because then he would not. He's able to successfully use it, because you know, otherwise he wouldn't have taken her there again. He would have taken her somewhere else. You know, somewhere else to eat or something. I'm not sure where he would have. But um, yeah. Or like I said, he might do it, but he doesn't do it in a selfless act of saving a man. He saves this man's life to be like, hey, like that, huh? Marina, you see what I did there? Because the arrival of the paramedics would ruin the date anyways. Yeah, yeah, because they would just kill this mood of, like, seeing a man on a stretcher pulled out. So he might be saving him, Sean, but it's, like, in a very self, self <laughs> selfish you know? way. Like, he's yeah. like, hey, I saved him. Uh, you know, parade, you know? Throw that parade. <laughs> yeah. You know? He's like, hey, three cheers for me, you know? Right, right. <laughs> um, so so bringing it back to, <laughs> to minute 63. So we end off with... Um, yeah, so like back to reference side of uh, kind of the the Old West shootdown or standoff. On one side, we've got um, the police with his gun. We've got Larry shooting, but with his camera. And then on the other side, we've got Phil Connors revving the engine. And then he takes off. And we can kind of see as uh, it's about second 53. There's a shot of the... Um, the pursuing gang from from Larry and Rita, the cop Buster and, and other the other guy, and then so they we've got the road blocked off on the right side, and then on the left you see the opening towards the quarry that's just nothingness, and Phil just guns it and yeah. takes off and and well takes off and figuratively and then literally and leaves us kind of hanging hanging over this cliff into the quarry at the end of the minute. You could fade this out to white, and it would literally be the end of Thelma and Louise. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Phil and Phil. Yeah, and I really I like the the versatility that this is. This movie's generally considered a comedy. That we've had some serious and philosophical moments that we've considered um, during this podcast, but the last few minutes have been. Really good chase scene, really exciting. I think, um, really well choreographed and 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 shot and everything. To and the music as well that we we talked about earlier in the week to build up the tension to this point where it's, oh my god, what is what is Phil doing? Yeah, because <laughs> uh, right now people in the theater they're probably they're not thinking, oh what is it a movie about to be over yet? You know, like, they're probably, they're probably being like, oh my god, is you know like it's you could like. You know, put this in uh, black and white, make it silent. And there you go. You got yourself a nice, like, you know, like a French film. Like at the end of the day, you know, what did, what is there? You know, and just that's mm-hmm. how the movie ends. 
Well, we, yeah, we don't know. Just as we don't know exactly. I mean, we know, but they don't say in the movie what kicked off this loop. We don't know what will end it. So it could be, yeah, just fade to white, white screen, roll credits, Phil dies, the loop is over, and we're done. And man, Larry is just, he is son of a gun. He is dedicated on that shot. He <laughs> loves it. Like, he's getting, he's literally got to get run over. And he's like, he's just, and Rita has her arm on him. Come on, we gotta get it. And he's like, yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. Just, oh, like, he's like, he's getting right, checking the focus, making sure that the, 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 the truck stays in focus the whole time. Coming straight at him. And then he follows it right as, the, as it passes. Yeah, that's a good point, because we have had some fun at Larry's expense a little bit, I think, along the way. And he's not the most serious character. And and part of it is we haven't really seen him done. Eh, I, it, and maybe this is too dismissive, but he is just standing and pointing camera at a guy who is just standing there and talking most of the time in terms of what we've seen him doing yeah. in Gobbler's Knob. Whereas, yeah, this is something moving, something that's going towards him. The the focus is going to change as as the truck gets closer. And he does get pretty close when the truck goes right by them. And he he doesn't back, you know, he certainly he doesn't back up as much as Rita does, that he is more concerned with getting the shot. And, um, you know, it, it occurs to me that this is another area where Rita's kind of full of it. I hate to say it because earlier we saw Phil in sort of a moment of existential crisis. Ask, ask Rita, you know, what, what do you, what would you do? What is it? Um, what would you do if the world's going to end? I forget the exact line, but Rita's response was, I just want to know where to, you know, where do I put the camera? She kind of gives that stereotypical TV producer yeah. response that like, she's, She's not going to get caught up in the excitement of anything. She just wants to get the shot. Yeah. Um, and in this moment, she's not. Larry's doing that. Larry's yeah. keeping his head. Larry's getting the shot. Rita's panicked. Rita's yeah. not thinking. You know, she's not producing. She's not directing. She's not getting the shot. So, you know, earlier when she kind of said, oh, I just want to know where to put the camera. Eh, you know. Well, she wouldn't be fired from her job if the world ended. But she might be fired from her job if. Her weatherman, you know, if her weatherman ended. Yeah, weatherman just went went nutty. Um, I hey, I got a question. Did they talk about this at any point. Was any of Chris Elliott filming with with any um film? Like, did they ever use any of his angles? Because we obviously have the shot of Phil when he does his broadcast. And I was always curious. I'm like, is that the camera that Chris Elliott is using? Like, did did Chris Elliott get cameraman training? to you know from the the crew to say hey look yeah this is what you do or does it when they do those shots i guess like an actual camera and probably steps in to record um phil Con uh, or uh, bill murray doing the phil connor's uh weather report but was, I, i'm kind of curious Ooh. since you can't put a cameraman right there because you know you could have but you could have chris you could have chris filming hypothetically and though he is filming the jeep with probably the crew filming the jeep behind it was there any part of that shot that they kept to see if it would be cool, like to see it from his perspective, it, you know, it go off that angle or it go right past him? I'm very curious. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. I haven't. No, nothing that I found from from Danny Rubin or Harold Ramis or anything else indicates that they used any of the that that Larry. Yeah, I don't 
that or Chris Elliott was actually shooting or they used any of that footage. Okay. Um, and I wonder if it's uh, a safety issue because the one shot we have, um, for this sequence at least, the one shot we have that could have been from Larry's angle is when they just show us the grill, the front end of the uh, the ute coming towards the camera. And then it kind of swerves at the last moment so it doesn't run over the audience. That's kind of from Larry's angle. But I don't know if you want to put your star actor in front of a moving vehicle, you know, yeah. it's, you know, in that position. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think they I don't think you know, Larry did any actual or Chris Elliott did any actual filming or they used anything, you know, from that camera. Um, that'd be pretty cool if they did. So. You yeah, know, good question. Because you know it's really tricky here to see if you look. We go by frame by frame here. Fifty six comes by. It's really close on the grill, and we ha- and then we see the red of the truck, and it's hard to tell. But you notice that it's it's one of those really fast images where it's the truck is going left to right on the frame, mm-hmm. and then the truck now goes right to left, going away from us toward the cliff. Right. Yeah. Most of the shots are from the other angle, so that we see. We see Rita and Larry. Yeah, and it's a blur of red. It's hard to tell yeah. when it actually happens. It's yeah. Hmm. <sighs> I gotta say that is hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's so. Th- those are my notes for minute sixty-three. Rick and Julie, anything else you guys got? Let me see here. <laughs> do you think Phil specifically wanted an audience for this stunt, or do you think he's just making this comp? comment about you know we mustn't keep our public waiting because he noticed how many people ended up following him like is the audience on purpose or is the audience just a side effect Uh, yeah i I lean towards side effect i think um you know obviously he didn't avoid being seen he wasn't really surreptitious i mean it was a daylight robbery right in the middle of town uh, or, or daylight kidnapping uh, groundhog napping but yeah i, I kind of lean towards it's just accident an accidental audience and and since they're there and since he sees that larry has pulled out the camera that he's going to make sure you know there's good footage that larry gets a good a good shot but i don't think this that was his plan from the beginning i don't know what do you, what do you think dave i mean i think he thinks either he's gonna die and he's somehow okay with that Mm-hmm. Or he thinks that somehow he will slide out of this, 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 this loop somehow through this death with the groundhog. He will slide out, and so it, nothing, none of this will matter. He'll slide to maybe the original day or something. That's what I'm thinking. So he doesn't care. Okay. So to all this, like he's, 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 you know, there's. I don't think for Phil right now he sees a downside. He's like, hey, if I die, oh well, I'm dead. I don't have to loop the day anymore. And if I slide out of this and go off in a regular time, great. And you know, and then because I said there won't be footage of me because I won't be dead because I'm alive. You know, it's like that paradox. How can you have footage of me killing me, killing myself if I'm alive like that? Like I can't be alive and also have there be footage of me being dead. So. You know, that's, that's how I see it for him. It's just him being like, I just don't care. Don't see any downside of this. I can either be, I'll be done with this or I'll be loot. I'll be out of the loop. Or worst case, mm-hmm. still stuck in it. Yeah. Yeah. That would definitely be the worst <laughs> case. 
Yeah. All right. Well, wrapping it up for minute 63. Uh, so Rick and Julia, thank you once again for, for joining us. I hope you can come back tomorrow. we we'll finish out the week and um, find out what happens next. Um, we kind of don't know where Phil is going from here. We leave him floating. But uh, so if folks want to hear more from you once again, where can they find Rick and Julia? If people are interested in catching up with us on the internet, our home is the mad or our home is madmaxminute.com. You can find us on any place you find podcasts usually, like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. But if Twitter is more your speed, we are at Mad Max Minute. If Facebook is your deal, you can find us by searching Mad Max Minute and you'll find our listener page Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to having you on tomorrow. We'll see what Phil and Phil do now that they've driven this in this direction. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that is it for us. We want to thank you all for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. If there is one. It's showtime.